podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothbaum back in the chair. And an, an unusual situation this week. And I can't remember the last time this happened, actually. But we have no game to review. So I thought we'd take the opportunity to celebrate what so far has been a fantastic season for the Blues. League Cup winners already, of course. Champions elect. It's surely a case of when, not if. And we've still got the Champions League quarterfinals to look forward to. So to discuss that and much more, I have three guests with me. MCF. MCFC pragmatist, Nick Goldstone. Hello. Uh, we have the ever-popular Lisa Rabinovitz. Good evening. And the one non-Mancunian, although a bigger blue you'd find hard to find, in Steve Cox. Hello. So, the Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for all the exclusive specials and promotions. We thank Ladbrooks for that. Uh, so it has been a bit of a special season so far. And we don't know yet if it's going to be our best ever season with the Champions League. Uh, if we don't win the Champions League, is, and say it's just the Premier League and the Carabao Cup, is that a poor season? Is it kind of below par, kind of below expectations? Lisa? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> depends how far we get in the Champions League. I think if we went out of this stage, then yeah, I think it's slightly below par. If I'm being honest, given the way we've been playing and the way we went out of the FA Cup, which still irritates still me slightly. Still hurts, doesn't it? Yeah. So I, th- I think it will be slightly below par, but I think we've been helped by the fact that no one else can do a double of any sort. So, you know, because I, I was a bit concerned at one point, what if, you yeah. know, either Tottenham or United somehow go on to win the Champions League in the FA Cup and we have the league in the... And we're going to come on to all the positives, but but I'm just kind of starting off trying to put it into some context because yeah. huge expectations on Pep came with a great reputation, big failure last year. For, he was a fraud, <laughs> terrible all that failure. sort of stuff, wasn't he? Terrible season. And and this season, you talk about the Wigan defeat, which still does hurt, and and that was a bit of a bit of an upset. But but I do think the one thing to bear in mind is that winning the league, to, in my opinion, is still the most important thing because one, it is the most important thing, and two, it's over a of a long period of time, and it's it, it's anything can in cup games anything can happen. Yeah, but Strange we won the league. We won the, the league twice in, a, in the last few years. It doesn't it's matter a, to me. It's the Champions League. I want to win it every year. You and me both, of course, Nick. Well, I don't think you can discount a season where you match the. Um, uh, the achievements of Manuel Pellegrini, that would be uh, that would be very poor. Um, so sh- sure, I mean, if we win the league and we win the Carabao Cup and that's it, then um, it's a great season. But if, in terms of expectations, you know, we're in a different place now, um, and uh, our hopes and ambitions are higher. You're always excited, aren't you? I know that, Steve. I'm You're... always excited, but I think. External to the club, people are setting a lot of expectations. Man City fans generally 
don't tend to have high expectations. They always expect the wheels to come off at some stage or other. Um, we've only just started singing things like we're going to win the league because it now looks inevitable, barring a complete and utter disaster. That's that's in the bag. So I, th- I would say winning two competitions is a good result for a season. It's a good season. It's not a great season. It would be a great season if we got to the Champions League final and heaven forbid we actually managed to win it. That would be an amazing season. But I think we've seen it steadily build. You can't... There is not a rival in the Premier League that's actually been able to touch us. The closest team to us is Man United. They're 16 points behind us and everybody else... Was it 16? I think they are, yeah. Yeah, 16. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to repeat that, don't you? Yeah, 16. There's a song, I think, that goes with that yeah. as well, isn't it? We, should, yeah. we probably won't sing tonight, but... Uh, no, we, and, we and before the weekend's game, Liverpool were 21 points behind us. So the, the, there is a big gap there. Um, Liverpool seem quite confident about the upcoming Champions League game, but, you know, I think over two legs, we've got the strength to do it. So I would say that, so far, it's been a very successful season. I agree with Lisa that it's still stings a little bit about the FA Cup exit, but I actually feel as though that might be a blessing in disguise because it's given the team two weeks off with the uh, international break and has actually given us the opportunity to get some of those players that have been sort of on the borderline of not being quite fit back into first-team contention and Pep the opportunity to have them training in a nice, warm, sunny climate ready for the upcoming games. Sure. Can we talk about Pep? Because I think, you know, obviously we talk a lot about the players and the different performances mm-hmm. and the goal scorers and uh, and all those things. But actually, and I was sort of mentioned before the whole issue last season, he, he was talked about as a fraud. You know, he came here, huge yeah. budgets, you know, big team, big squad, um, and, and massive expectations on his shoulders. And we all know he inherited an ageing squad and we've covered that lots of times. But you look at the sort of football that we're playing this season, you look at the some of those performances and the players that he's turned around from being sort of, not average players, but but, but they haven't necessarily reached their full potential. And, and he has got yeah. to take so much credit. I think he's changing the way football is played, isn't he? He's not just a great coach. He's a great man-manager. He has actually turned it into a prop, what I would call a proper team. They play together, they celebrate together. You look at videos of them on a plane singing together. There is so much team spirit in that. You don't get that goal now where one person goes over and celebrates by the corner flag. Somebody like Vinny scores a goal and everybody is there with him celebrating. And I think Pep uses the different skills that he's got and identifies the potential of those players and he brings it out of them. He, he, he identifies what they're doing wrong, he identifies what they're doing right and he gets the best out of them and I think that it, it's been amazing this, this year. Your thoughts on Pep? I think he's done a phenomenal job. Um, I mean, we, we are being a little bit arrogant, of course. Uh, winning anything is, is fantastic um, and is to be... Cherish because you never know when it's when it's going to come along again. Um, Pep was under enormous pressure, I think, at the beginning of the season. Whether he personally was or not, uh, you know, I don't know. But I think that there was uh, the the world and his wife waiting for the uh, for the team to fail uh, this year after last year, which, quite frankly, wasn't wasn't fantastic. Um, and you know, I personally thought he had to he had to go and. Um, and win the league this year, or at least make a very, very good effort at it. Otherwise, there would be question marks around all the usual things. Um, but 
you know, he's done an incredible job. I think what he's got to do now, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you look at it, is that the next step is to win it again uh, and again and again. Um, the level that that a lot of the top teams are now, um, the team that comes out on top, I think, tends to be the one that has the most desire to win the title because it's such a long marathon of a season. Um, you can be really good for a couple of months. You can be really good for half a season, but if you're not on the top of your game for the whole the whole thing, you know it can be over uh, really quickly, which is what we found last year. Um, so, unfortunately, as I say, uh, it's in the bag for this year. Um, we're going to see what happens in the Champions League, and let's face it, you know we're going to come back at the end of the month, and within within a week and a half, it could be all over in the Champions League, and we could have a bit of a letdown against United as well, which would be a shame. I don't think that will happen, but it but it might do. But everything's going to turn to to next year, and whether he can do it again. And just going back to, to Pep, Lisa, I know he's no Roberto Mancini in your your eyes. You know your your hero. I, I know shaking her head, she is here. <laughs> But but your thoughts on Pep and particularly what it is he's brought to, to, to yeah. English football and to City in particular? Don't get me wrong, I love Roberto Mancini, but this Guardiola is just on another planet. Um, well, last season I was I was worried a little bit because I thought it was just taking him a long time to get used to the Premier League, and I, I was starting to worry if we might like Manchester City, the team that broke Pep Guardiola, but. Thankfully, that doesn't seem to have happened. But I think it's it. What I see now, it's more. It was far more about the players getting used to playing the way Guardiola wanted to than it was about Guardiola getting used to the Premier League. Now he had to, since certain respects, it was it is different. And but it's much, much more about getting the team to play the way he wanted to play it and getting the players in place that he wanted to to play that way. So I think he's he's quite unapologetic about the fact that that's the way he wants his teams to play and that's the way they will play and there was and some pressure on him sorry to interrupt there was yeah. some pressure wasn't the last season when it wasn't working and I say pressure not necessarily from the fans but certainly from the media sort of saying he needs to adapt his game for for England and, well, and he didn't he's shown he? them quite the opposite exactly that people need to work out how to adapt their game to deal with the way he gets his team to play and Andy proved that he can do it on a cold night in Stoke he as did well. indeed and the players can um, and and I think you know, th- and last season there was whole nonsense about heart and 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 it just that to me that is a really good example of just how right Guardiola was about all of it. And I, I'm very pleased to say I was fully behind him at the time, but a lot of people weren't yeah. um, because you know things weren't quite working the way we'd have liked them to. I'm not I, I'm not saying that Bravo is anywhere near as good as Edison. But I don't think we that much would have changed this season in terms of how we've done. If even if Bravo had been in goal, but in the games he's come in, he's done all right. Exactly, to be fair. exactly. He's, he yeah. seemed a different player to the one he was yeah. last season. Uh, people forgot like the aging defence in front of Bravo, and and just the, like I said, the whole the the cohesion of the whole thing with with the whole team playing like that. I mean, I would not swap Edison at all. But I I, I just think it, it just obviously it took that season and we didn't it's not like we finished in the relegation zone. Well, we would have been relegated. It's not like we got relegated, but you know, it, it wasn't it was it felt like a 
I think just, there was such hype with Guardiola coming mm. that it felt like a disappointment, and I was disappointed. But if you look at what we've got now, well, I couldn't care less about what happened last season, to be honest, because if this is what we've got going forward, then it was worth it. And what about that FA Cup defeat? Because Steve's kind of talked to talked of it as a positive and, and of course we can do that we get some time back but you know as people were talking about the quadruple and you know we really should have beat Wigan everybody had us down to win that game and who, who knows what have gone on that that was a disappointment wasn't it surely we can't celebrate that like Steve's doing over there surely well, well it was a great disappointment because um, winning the league and FA Cup double is a big deal in this country and it's a big deal in terms of the culture of the game and, it, and it's something that that we need to do uh, and this was a fantastic opportunity to, to progress and we shouldn't have lost to Wigan um, now whether it's a positive or a negative that we've had a couple of weeks off will remain to be seen because it's all going to come down to how we do in the games when we come back so you could um, easily s- spin that either one way or the other they've had a break they've been in the sun uh, does that mean that the you know the the the, the adrenaline has stop pumping it's almost like the end of the season for them and they've got to come back in the spring and wind it all back up again it does um, concern it does concern me that i have to say it's the one i mean you can think of all the positives yeah they'll be relaxed the sun on their backs building the team spirit but there's a bit of me that says yeah but have they relaxed too much they've already got a cup in the in in the trophy cabinet the, the league's pretty much in the bow they can come back and be a bit they might be raring to go though that's the other way of looking at it haven't played football for a couple of weeks actually chomping at the bit to get cracking at it and they've got some really good games to come back to you've got the Everton game you've then got the first leg against Liverpool you've got the derby against United and then you've got another game against Liverpool now if that doesn't water your mouth I don't know what does and actually following that up with Tottenham away so there's some interesting games coming up and and they need to be fit and ready for it the good thing is the people coming back off the treatment table that will give us options I'm not saying that necessarily um Delph or um, Zinchenko will lose their place at left back and Mendy will come straight back into the team but it gives you the option that if you want to play with a back five then you can play with a back five that might be more prudent against Liverpool certainly away from home so I think they might be ready for it to come back but I do accept the fact that if, if, if they're too relaxed then we've got the opposite I know we played a back five against Liverpool at the beginning of the home t- home um, league tie and that was not going so well until no. Mane got sent off so I'd rather not see that anytime soon I, <laughs> no, look, I, I think there, there are definitely positives about having the time off uh, particularly if, if there's anyone who's got a knock on injury then they've got much more time to recover and the reality is that probably if we had uh, progressed in the FA Cup then at some point probably if we'd won the quarter final then we would have had a semi-final uh, in between a couple of Champions League games, potentially, so that you know that's always a danger. So you know there are there are pros and cons either way. We shall see what happens. Steve, you gave you gave a very good summary of kind of the, the fixtures that are coming up, and, and I guess you know that we we've got to win the the Everton game, haven't we, just to set all this up properly, really? And uh, that's yeah. the one that comes up, and not not to the end of the month, of course. It's the thirty first of the month that we uh, we play that fixture, and then that uh, sets us up very nicely. We then got, as you say, that first leg against uh, Liverpool um, away um, on the fourth of April, 
um, and then of course the derby. So let's just talk about those, those sort of two fixtures because there's been a lot of debate in the media about which is more important, you know, to City. Is is it? I mean, it's bleeding obvious to me, but I just we may as well have the, a brief debate about. It. I just don't understand why people are even talking about it, but we're going to do it anyway. So people, some people are suggesting that actually, you know, winning against Stretford is the most important fixture. Um, the fact we could win <laughs> win the league in any of the next five or six games makes no sense to me but people think it's really important we win that and rub the noses in it and win the league against them and so on uh, and maybe one or two around the time might, might think that and that's the most important thing others might say at some point we've got to win the Champions League and to get through and get a result get an away goal whatever keep a clean sheet at Anfield is, is important so it's an, it's an interesting debate there will be different views Lisa where, where do you sit on that is it the Stretford game winning the league is it the Champions League game away at Anfield? Honestly, nothing to do with the fact it's United. I wouldn't care who we were playing that match. I want us to win that match if we have already beaten Everton, right? If we haven't beaten Everton, then fine. Go Then put more into into the uh, the Liverpool game because, yes, we will, unless I'm really jinxing this, win the league eventually. Yep. So there's no point in going hell for leather against United, I suppose. But, but there's, honestly, no, there's no like, reason to go hell for leather against United either. Oh, I've just said their name. That's terrible. So I never do sorry. that. Sorry. You maybe do that. Just uh, I, 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 I just think, get the league won. Sorry. Well, yeah. I, we, it, I know that we've... Everyone is, you know, we're the champions. We are not until we actually are. Can we just do okay. it and then get on with everything else? But at the, sorry, just to be clear, before Nick comes in here, yeah. at, at the expense of, of the Liverpool game, because he's got selection issues between these two fixtures. I don't believe it's at the expense of anything. Okay. Go for both of them. All right. Nick? It's a very, very interesting situation. Um, I think the one of the things that this season has lacked a little bit, and it's not our fault by any means, it's every other team's fault, is that we've, other than Liverpool, nobody's given us a game in the league. And um, frankly, we've not had that many particularly exciting games because most teams have just tried to not lose or uh, are happy to lose by a goal or two. Um, And the fact is that if we beat Everton and we set that United game up, then that is pretty much almost a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity um, to win the league at home against them. Um, And it will be a big deal. It will be a very, very big deal. I think the crowd, um, the atmosphere at the game will be phenomenal. And uh, as I say, it will be uh, almost a once in a... You know, you can't imagine, hardly imagine that that, that, that unique, that, that, that could ever arise again because you've got to have the game at the right point in the season. You've got to have one of the two teams well ahead. All that sort of thing's got to happen. So it's very, very unlikely that it's going to happen again for a long, long time. Um, so... It's almost, you know, if you think of it like that and you do want to win the Champions League tie, then it's all, it would almost be advantageous. I'm not saying I want it to happen, but it would almost be advantageous to avoid that, sort, uh, uh, um, that happening uh, with what happens in the Everton game. Because if we do get to that point, then it's going to be a big deal and it's going to be hard for the players um, to play those those two Liverpool games and the United game in the space of a week and to make it all happen as we want it to happen. So it's but, going to but, put the pressure, it's going to increase well, the pressure. Will, and that's why I'm asking the question. So Steve, if, if it's about selection and we're all assuming here, um, having lost to Wigan in the Cup of course, that, that we're going to beat Everton, I'm just going kind to of setting it up assuming that. Um, we're at home to Everton, aren't we, on the, on the Saturday? We're itself. away. We're away at Everton, thank you, correct. We're away at Everton. Um, so 
we've got that on the 31st. If you have a selection issue and you're going into that Liverpool game, do you, and you've got, and they're like three days apart, the 4th and the 7th of the two dates, the Liverpool game and the Stratford game. If you were Pep, which one are you going to be putting your strongest side out? Because he can't play the same 11 in both games, I wouldn't have thought. Strongest side, or do you say strongest side, or do I actually change my tactics to play Liverpool away and I don't necessarily worry about having the strongest side I might want to have the side that doesn't lose at Anfield or doesn't lose by more than a goal or something I don't know that's that's a possibility as well I guess I take Nick's point winning the derby at home to Manchester United and securing the title would be amazing but not the expense but of going out of the Champions no, League exactly and that that's it's a really difficult conundrum and I'm glad I've got to make the decisions that Pep's got to make. But Good job we've got Pep in charge, isn't it, really? Yeah. What's he, well, what's he going to do, Lisa? Well, How's the reality he... is he's not going to ever send out a team to not lose. No. So he's... he will just send out a team to win. That's his view. Yeah. So I don't think we're going to see some sort of defensive master class no, at, at Anfield. Um, uh, I I, you could argue that we should need less to beat United. He has put out a strong side in a very short space of time in recent memory. In, in two yeah, games has. that are in a week and he's done it. And he, he knows that he sometimes has to do it. And I'm sure he will put out the right team to get the result, both yeah, results. If he's going to be very, very pragmatic about it, then he's going to look at it in that way. But you know, what, what, are, what are people going to remember about this year for, for many, many, many years to come? It could be if our first win, ever Champions League if we victory. Win, if we win the title and we, and, and we win it on, 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 that, on that night, that would be a Yeah, you see, I think that's historic. That, but we've never, won the, we've never won the Champions I, League. Well, I'm not it? saying that we, that we, that we, that we should prioritise And let it. me put this to you. We could, this time, we could put out a youth side and not win. Because we know in the week after, we could win it at Wembley against Spurs the week after, which I know isn't as exciting, and it, but, but at the same time, it, I don't think people will remember. It will be the fact we won another Premier League, but we have to surely make sure, make sure we win the league, and I'm not suggesting for a moment we throw it away, but the champ, we've got to win the Champions League, and we've got a fantastic chance here. We could all go horribly wrong and we could lose the next five matches and we'll be sitting here thinking, oh my God, what's happened? Well, I, I don't think, I mean, I think that the, the league is 100% done. You know, it's a thousand to one. Well, Lisa on. doesn't think it's so. It's not. Well, it is. It is. Until it's done, it's it not is. done. But if we do, typical if we lose, City. Lisa Rabinovitz, yeah, typical City. 100%. If we, if we lost to Everton, which we could, and lost to Liverpool at Anfield, which we could, and lost to United at home, which we could, and then whether we win or lose um, at home against Liverpool in the Champions League, we could still go out of the Champions League, depending on what the first leg result was. And then we go to, you, you think it's going to be easy going to Wembley to play Spurs? Come no. on, do me a favour. Well, I'm not saying that's, any of that is going to happen, but let's, t- I mean, until we have won it, in the same way that Alexis Sanchez does not play for Manchester City, because despite the fact everyone thought he did, he doesn't because he plays for Manchester United. Until it happens, he hasn't kicked it hasn't ball, happened. Yeah. Well, I know, it, strictly speaking, he doesn't play for anyone at the moment. <laughs> he, but, plays, he plays piano uh, for Man United. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be, an, I, honestly, in my heart, obviously, I believe we've won the league, but until I see it, it hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Yeah. And I just... You know, there will always be that little worry at the back of my mind. And if the players don't go out with that attitude, then there's the danger of complacency creeping in. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the point I would take for, I'm not sure whether I'm arguing against you or with you, but actually the point I would, you know, the other point is how much better to go into the second leg of the Liverpool game 
having beaten United than having not. Yes. The mindset, that, it's as much it. about yeah. the mindset and the, the atmosphere and the, um, uh, the confidence as it is about anything else. And if you go into the second leg after, be, after winning that game and winning the title... Then I think it's you know all right. Well, a listen, huge, huge we're boost. going to allow Lisa to have a lie down in a darkened room with a, with a glass of water, <laughs> and and to allow that to happen, we're going to take a quick break. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome back. I'm pleased to say that Lisa's got some colour back in her cheeks now, and she's 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 better, so it's good. <laughs> Listen, let's uh, let's we're talking we're having a bit of a review of the season here, and looking forward to the Champions League. Let, let's let's look back as well, uh, and I'm keen to sort of talk about we talked about Pep, so let's talk about the players now, and, and in three categories I've got here, we've got kind of the old boys, the new boys, and the youngsters are the way I've categorised this, and very different set of players uh, those with history and heritage who are just legends now of the club probably the number the ones I'm going to be mentioning so Steve you kick us off who who from the old boys would you say are the the players who continue to to do it for the club who've had a fantastic season despite a new way of playing new players joining the squad they have just evolved and developed and, and had outstanding seasons who stand out for you in the old boys David Silva has gone to another level again this year is with that his possible play. well I didn't think it was, but he seems to have added something else to his game as well. One of my old frustrations with David was that quite often he he would get into the box and he would look for the pass to put to someone else in a better position rather than actually hitting the ball first time. And he's actually shown that he really got some finish on him. He's scored some beautiful goals in recent weeks. He's 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 got that knack of the, the, the what used to be the Frank Lampard type habit of arriving in the box late onto a pass that's come across from someone like Sterling and putting the ball into the back of the net with the first-time strike. So I think David Silva has shown this year, despite all of the problems and issues that he's had in his personal life, he has gone to another level on the football pitch. And I think he's one of the players that we would struggle without his creativity. Um, and he, he's a bit like the glue or the engine oil in that area, that he keeps it ticking over nicely. You wouldn't want glue in your engine, though, would you? Have <laughs> the That's glue not gonna... that holds it together or the what engine, the engine? that lets it run. Glue in your engine's not good, stuff. Not in your engine, no. No, no. The oil... You wouldn't want to no, you stick wouldn't. things together with engine oil either, either. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. No. It's a good point, Nick. So, so who else, then, apart from, uh, apart from Silver, then? Who's, who's in your category of the old boys? Well, my idol, uh, Aguero, keeps doing it week in, week out, month in, month out. He was finished about two months ago, wasn't he? He was like yeah. gone, Jesus had come in and yeah. he was on the bench and he yeah. wasn't interested and he doesn't work hard enough. Yeah, that was a bit last year as well, didn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And look at him. Yeah. Goals galore. So actually, I think one of the highlights of the season for me was um, him scoring his record-breaking goal. That was fantastic. Yep. Any others? Uh, Silver and Nagoya, can you add any to that list? Are they the two that, that stand out? They're the two that really stand out. I'm really reluctant to mention the other one for fear of... You, you can have a lie down. You can have a lie down again. It's, no, it's fine. We can have a, just, another break. If I you just want. hope that company makes it through to the end of the season because he does make a know, difference. Does make doesn't such he? a difference. And I thought he, mention, I thought he wasn't. Him. I thought he wasn't making as much of a difference anymore when he was when he kept coming in and out, injury after injury. Oh God, I can't believe I've just said this because I feel like he's, we're going to find out he's got injured playing for Belgium and I'm. 
gonna wish I'd never said a word. No, but you're right. He's got to be mentioned, hasn't yeah. he? In, in this in this this category of the old boys who have blossomed under Pep and have had a really good season. And when yeah. he's played, he's looked awesome. Look at, we're all when, worried. We're uh, all worried. Uh, we, know, every um, time he goes down or he goes into a challenge, we're always looking for: is he going to hobble? Is he going to fall over? Is he going to carry on? But and it's it, just also how much it means to him as well. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't mean anything to the rest of them, but when yeah. he scored at Wembley, I mean, yeah. it's just um, it was like a fan scoring a goal. It was just. You can't watching him celebrate that goal was incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, and 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 it's like what what's been said about Aguero and Silva as well, but particularly Silva. I think you've got to, how, how could anyone think that anyone could get more out of Silva than we'd already seen? And mm. so you've got to give some more credit to the manager again. I mean, it's exactly. just incredible. And, and listen, you may have your own your own thoughts on who's had a great season, who Pep's managed to uh, get them to step up to a new level. Let us know. We're on Twitter, as you know, at City Podcast. So we'll be interested to know your, your thoughts. Let's talk about maybe some of the new boys as well. Um, so, so Nick, of the new, of the new boys. Uh, I guess um, it's Edison that really stands out as, a, as having had a phenomenal season. I love Edison. I have mentioned it before. Good. I have a, I I have a lot of man love for Edison. Okay, just I'm just sharing Good. that with you. Yeah, no, no, nice. no one's listening, so it's that's, okay. That's nice. Good. Yeah, Mrs. R knows. It's fine. Yeah. No, he's he's really um, he's changed the whole way that the 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 team play, and he has uh, he's had a remarkable season actually for someone who's just come into 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 our league, into a new league, into a new team, relatively young guy. Um, really fantastic. Hats off to him. Lisa, um, Bernardo Silva. I, especially recently, he's been playing. He, he's had a lot more game time, and I think he's been getting a lot better. And I, I really like watching him play. I mean, at the first few games he played, I thought, "Oh, this is it's going to be great to watch this guy play." Is you know, we got another Silva, wonderful. But it. it it kind so of tailed off a silver, little bit. Even, that's just factually <laughs> no, correct. Literally, you know? and, and and a replacement. Oh, I see. Eventually, oh, um, but but yeah, I think recently he's really been really been um, showing an improvement and really slotting in nicely. So, if you had to choose another one, are, are you going to go Sane or is there yeah, something I think else you want to? Sane, although. He he shows at time, and certainly in the last month or so, he shows some absolute electric pace, and he terrifies the defences because he just runs at people, and he seems to have a knack of carrying the ball with him when he's running at quite some speed, quite often diagonally across the goal, but then he makes space for other people by doing that and brings other people um, into it, as opposed to just going around a, a player. The only thing I find with him and this is something he needs to sort of work on, is his concentration sometimes lapses a little bit and he is known to sort of, rather than taking a first touch, he'll end up knocking the ball out or he'll end up giving it away. He's not quite as good as, uh, say, David uh, Silver and Bernardo Silver with their first touch. I think they call Bernardo Silver bubblegum because the ball just tends to stick to his toe um, when it lands. So I not think glue. That, no, not, not, not engine glue. glue. Not engine glue. No, no not engine glue. Yeah. You could use engine glue. It would work. <laughs> I wouldn't go very far from the glue. I have to say, I have to say, the the great. Unfortunately, the, the the greatest accolade I could give to him is that he reminds me of uh, of a Welsh guy that used to play for the for a team in red. Oh, don't do that. Mm. Um, don't spoil and, well, it. Well, I'm afraid I do, but you know, you've 
he's now re- he's long retired, and I guess you've got to acknowledge um, that he was a good player in his time. No, um, he was and, a blue before he was a red. Well, you don't have to acknowledge it, but I do think that. But I do think that Lisa's made me say the bloody name it's tonight. A, it's as well, a re- don't like it, doing. Uh, well, in in my mind, I think that he he does have some qualities that remind me of that player right. and uh, he, he that is a good thing he's got all sorts oh. of qualities talk to his family I love Sano yeah. he's brilliant yeah. and yeah he has some faults but I mean when when he first started playing for us and everyone was going on about Jesus and don't get me wrong I also like Jesus but I was like Sano that's the one I'm really excited about and so far so good it it's interesting, isn't it? We've talked about a number of players. We, we might talk about some of the youngsters as well, who maybe Foden's the only one who's had a real chance, and we've, we've seen, I suppose, Diaz has played a few games as well. Um, but we haven't mentioned KDB, who, if I say a month or so ago, he was you know best player on the planet, and suddenly he's, he's, he's not been quite at the same level, has he, the last few games? Uh, and I suppose one could argue that, well, <laughs> you play at that level, you're not going to do it for 90 minutes in every game throughout the whole season. You are going to have patches where maybe other players will will pick it up for you. But he, he's been a little bit off the pace the last few games, which is that fair? I think he has been a little bit, but this, but luckily this time it's not been affecting everyone. It's not been some sort of infectious disease going around the whole team and everyone, Silver has stepped up or whatever, and, and we just haven't noticed it as much. There have been other times when it seems to hit all of them and we've just about scraped through it. But yeah, he has been not himself recently, but you know maybe he'll benefit from the three weeks off or the two weeks off and... And Walker, we've not mentioned, just another one, just in terms of the, some of the names I've thought of as you're talking. I mean, he's electric, he's come in electric and, pace, and um, he he motors like nobody I've ever seen before. But he's prone to the odd ricket every once in a while. The, the Wigan loss, you could more or less put down to him being a little bit complacent on the ball and allowing them to will Grigg to go on fire somewhere and you can put him out whenever you like. Um, but I thought I've, I've actually enjoyed watching Walker because he's added a dynamism to that side of the pitch and, and, and he gets forward incredibly well, but he also gets back and he makes a lot of last-ditch tackles. Um, the other player that we don't mention because he's not new and he's not old, but I think he's probably one of the most important players on the pitch. He's, blue. he's definitely blue, Fernandinho. And uh, I can't extol his virtues enough he is the one player I think at the moment we cannot really do without for those games coming up I'd just like to give a mention to another new player we acquired a new left back this season um, Delfino and um, you know when Mendy got injured what were most of us thinking yeah and and you have to put some of what we've achieved into the context of of what we've had at left back for a lot of the season. Well, and Zinchenko and as well, Zinchenko, really. They've oh both, yeah, I mean that's been a bit job, more disastrous, they? but it's not resulted in any terrible disasters. But you know, who would have thought that we'd have been sixteen points ahead? You know, because it is sixteen points. Is it, um, is it sixteen. You're an accountant as with, well. So <laughs> me too. With with <laughs> yeah, two with, um, with Delph and and Zinchenko are left back for most of that time. I mean, yeah. that is not something you'd have expected. And I'm really so. excited about about Mendy coming back because we. I was fortunate enough to see him in Monaco, uh, as you will remember, uh, and he looked a fantastic player. And, and of course, he, we only saw him for three and a half games in a sky blue shirt until he got injured. But uh, he just seems a character. He seems a real personality, sort of in, in the dressing room, and, and 
I think they said he was obviously back training. I'm not sure exactly when he's going to be fit, which game we'd like to see him. They originally said Champions League semi-final was what they were targeting. But I suspect it might be a bit before then. We tend to beat these deadlines a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm hoping he's back for the West Ham game because then we'll have Ben versus Moyes, Mm -hmm. which is a pun. It is. Yeah. 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 Well, answers on a postcard, yeah, it'll be fine. Dead, deadly silence. <laughs> Complete silence, yeah. But, uh, but anyway. You, but you are an accountant, to be uh, fair. So Mendy coming sticks back. Sticks to the accountancy, yeah. Nick. Uh, that would be good. <laughs> anybody, anybody got any thoughts on Mendy? Well, he's, he's, he's ahead of schedule, they, they reckon, and he'd probably be back in time for the derby. I read something about him in the four games he played put more crosses in than Delph and Danilo have combined the whole of the rest of the season. I know that's we discussed not before not criticism the, of them, but that's quite, quite a statistic. We have discussed before this issue of, you know, can he play with Sane as well and all yeah. that. And I'm sure we'll come back to that. But to, to have him back in the side, to have him one side and Walker the other, I mean, what, what a pairing that's going to be. Well, yeah, I mean, it would be the old argument of whether it's right to put him straight back in or whether he needs yeah. time and all that. So, in, I mean, in some ways it might be easier if we don't have any other left-backs and we've, we've, we've got to put him back in and then it's just a done deal. And I'm sure he will step up to the plate. Before we talk about the Everton game, we've got two accountants and a retailer um, as guests today. Uh, so th- th- I think the accounts, haven't the City Group accounts been announced today, I think? And, I think uh, they were. Yeah, I've, I've unapologetically cribbed some stuff off someone called Prestwich Blue on oh yes. We're an easy Twitter. Speak. Oh yes, I've met him. I've, I was uh, on a show with him. He's, uh, he's big into the numbers, he is. He'll have yes, yeah. So... Uh, the group accounts show that losses are 70 million or just over, but most of that is from outside the UK. So it's things like New York City FC and what have you. Yep. Um, not particularly exciting, but I think what is interesting and what he points out as being interesting is that the Chinese group that bought some shares in the in 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 the group last year have bought some more and they paid 73 million pounds for another one percent of 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 the group, which values the group now at just under 2.4 billion. <laughs> Um, compared to uh, the amount that the um, that the Sheikh has invested, which is about one point three billion, so he's done quite well with his with his investment so far. I'm sure it's worth more than that when Peter Swells was in charge. I'm sure. I'm sure that's gone down, hasn't it, from the Peter Swells days, hasn't it, Steve? Surely. Bag of chips. Bag of chips. Your Holland's pies and a souvenir shop as big as yep. big as this studio. How things have changed, eh? Absolutely. Let's look forward to the Everton game before we go, because although it's not even next, we're going to do another show, I think, before then. We just, just, we've sort of said we're going to win that. So it's uh, away at Everton on at the end of the month, 31st of March, 5.30 kickoff. Lisa, thoughts, reflections on that? I think that. I think you said we're going to lose before, didn't you? I, I think did not what you say saying. that. <laughs> it was just, you know, creating a doomsday scenario. Oh, yes, exactly. like, I like to do that. You do? Um, no. I, we obviously, as I've said for most matches this season, we should win this one. But they're the only team we haven't beaten in the Premier League this season. Yep. Um, and if, although it was a very controversial... Uh, sending off. Sending off. Um, they, I think, are probably safe now. Although it's all still quite tight at the bottom half I think they won at the weekend so I don't know hopefully I'm hoping that works in our favour as opposed to against us um, we just have to play the way we play and, and hope that Tom Davis doesn't kick the living daylights out of half our team in the process Nick thoughts on Everton I think it'll be a horrible game they'll they'll be dirty and break it up and just try and get a nil-nil or steal a goal and hope for a terrible refereeing decision 
it's just the kind of game you don't want. Well, we've seen that before, Steve. I'm actually hoping they might let us win easy because they might want us to give Liverpool a good good game for the well, week after. I, I was so hoping that's why they won't injure our players, yeah. but I'm not sure that they think like that. No, they're probably not. Um, it'll be a tough game because Allardyce always sets his teams up not to lose. That seems to be his first and foremost point on his team sheet. So um, I think it'll be a tough game. I think we've probably got too much for them ultimately and hopefully we're more in the pet way of playing things now so a one-all one draw won't happen. I think we'll probably win maybe 2-0, something like that. Listen, it's been a great pleasure. Good chatting uh, without a game to talk about for a change uh, with my three guests. Thanks to Nick Goldstone, to Lisa Rabinovitz and to Steve Cox. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.